Hello, everyone. This is Josh Smith, host of the Sharpest Tool podcast. Today, we're going to be airing an episode that was recorded before the coronavirus pandemic. It's fantastic information to support you home service businesses. So I hope you enjoy it. Hello, and welcome back to the Sharpest Tool. My name is Josh, and we're back in the booth here with Timothy Flynn and Dan Dowdy for one of our three-way conversations in the booth. So, Dan, Tim, welcome. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, you bet. Why don't we do a few introductions just for those who aren't familiar with who you are. Tim, why don't you go first? Josh, my name is Timothy Flynn. I own Winters Home Services in beautiful Cambridge, Massachusetts. I've been in the plumbing business for 25 years. 25 years. I love it when you say Cambridge, Mass. Do you like abbreviate? Well, no one can really say Massachusetts, so I yeah. just say Mass. Mass. Or yeah. Ma. Ma. And then his accent gets real thick and he goes, hey, I'm from Cambridge, Moss. Or Ma. And <laughs> Moss. That's awesome. Dan, how about yourself? Tell us a All little right. Bit. Yeah. So Dan Dowdy, Austin, Texas, 20 years in the trade, master plumber and owner of Built for the Trades. Built for the Trades. And describe Built for the Trades. It's fairly new, correct? Yeah, fairly new. So we do uh, coaching and mastermind groups. Awesome. Incredible. Well, there's some kind of cool things going on this year that I think it's worth talking about, diving into. And I'd love to get two expert business owners such as yourselves and get your opinions on this. We're on the process of going into an election year. And this does interesting things for our industry in terms of how business operates. And there's probably some things that we need to be aware of as business owners. So how do you find election years impact business overall in this industry? Every time I've seen an election, mm-hmm. and I've seen a few of them, we always experience a dip in business. And maybe there are some other fortunate companies out there that never experienced the dip, but I know that I have. And what the dip is, is lack of phone calls, lack of business. Yeah. It doesn't matter what party gets elected to the office. It's not a political statement. It's just more like a fact yeah. that we go into a, a slower season. And so one of the things that I always wanted to introduce to people was always work as if you're in a deficit. Always work as if you're in a recession, yeah. right? Mm. Call by call. Yeah. Yeah. I think really Tim brings up a great point because a lot of times as business owners, we're very reactive and not really proactive. And Mm -hmm. what he's talking about is a great way to start being proactive and start maximizing every call that comes in like it is your last call. And there's also some other ways that you could really start preparing for. And I think a lot of that has to do with maintenance contracts and things like that, you know, and really, I guess Tim was going to dive in a little more into that. So, yeah, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about when's the last time any of our managers spent a long time working on the inside sales, inside staff. Yeah. How we answer a phone, how well we convert, how well we are asking the right questions and making a list of what those right questions are and basically working off a checklist. Most professionals work off of checklists. Mm-hmm. Every time I've gone to a hospital, we work off a checklist. We get the name, the date of birth, social security yeah. number, right? All that good stuff. Call by call management, answering yeah. the phone as it comes in and making sure that every call that you take in yeah. is money. Yeah. Well, well, I'm just curious. Why do you think and why do you see a deficit in election years? Is it consumer confidence? I mean, home problems don't stop. So why does it seem that business slows? Yeah, really, I think it's just a lack of wanting to spend money on frivolous projects. You know, you're right. When things break, they have to call a professional to come out and fix it. But they're not looking at other ways to spend money and invest, whether they're doing remodels or new home builds or all these different things. And so, really, I think people just get a little tighter with their money because they're unsure of what the economy is going to do. I think we'd have to agree, too, that there's so many demand calls per day. Yeah. Right? So, if we're going to use a fictitious number, if there's a thousand demand calls a day, those demand calls get split up over 
let's say, 30 competitors. Mm -hmm. It's when you have the calls for the add-ons, the nice things, adding air conditioning, adding a a mini split, adding something that is not so much a need for now or need to get fixed today because emergencies still do happen. Yep. But those are going to get eaten up by all the competition that are also trying to answer their phones in a deficit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Good point. So what tactics have you used in the past to kind of alleviate that? You have a lot of the demand calls, which are typically the lower ticket items, right? Just getting some service calls in. But then you want the installs for the HVAC side. You want, you know, the the sewer digs or the repipe projects, which are typically bigger dollar projects. Do you find those typically to be the things that slow down and stop? And how do you get around that to make sure you're continuing to grow the business? I think it really starts with training. I mean, yeah. not only your technicians, but also your customer service reps yeah. and, and really not being complacent. Mm-hmm. You know, right now in a good economy, we can all be complacent. We can all just be order takers. We can be successful despite ourselves. But if we continue doing that, and that continues to be a trend, when the economy slows down, all of a sudden, the order taking becomes actually having to sell something and actually having to earn what you're making. And so I think it starts right now with training your team and and really starts with your front line. Yeah. A lot of times we see in companies that, oh, yeah, I do training. And then you realize that they do like three technician trainings a week, but they yeah. do zero CSR training. Mm-hmm. And so it's realizing the importance, like Tim said, of a good checklist, a good scripting, and being able to role play with your CSRs and train them on how you want them to interact with the customers is first and foremost very important because it sets up your technician for success. You know, if a customer feels that confidence coming from the CSR from from the start of the phone call to when the technician arrives, then they already have a leg up in building value with that customer. But if they're untrained and they're unprofessional, then obviously it does the opposite for the technician. I think another thing too is uh, just a little kind of a free advice, free tip. Danny, if I asked you how many phone lines you have going into your office, how many would you guess that you had? Uh, I would say probably 10 to 15. I've got at least 20. And do you ever check your phone number to see if there's any dead numbers, like numbers that just don't work? We do. Yeah, but I've definitely done that. Anytime the phones slow down, that's usually the first thing we do is check all of our phone numbers. I start calling my own number just to make sure people are answering the phone. Like, yeah. are you really picking yeah. up the phone on time? Yeah. You know, the, by the third ring or whatever, but I've found some dead lines, some dead numbers. And I'm yeah. like, what, what happened? Why did someone didn't pay the bill? didn't get, something didn't yeah. happen, right? Yeah. So um, that can happen. Yeah. And, and a lot of times as business owners, we get that whole trust and not verify thing and it's interesting how it goes. When the times are yeah. good, right, and the money's rolling, it, it, what, what do they say? Money hides all sins, right? It, yeah. it really does. You're like, man, business is going good. I'm not really going to check up on the office. I'm going to go vacation a little more. Next thing you know, the economy slows down, and you really start exposing what you've built, yeah. which comes pretty, you know. I've done that. And so I think yeah. I, we've, all, happy. <laughs> we've, yeah, we've, we've all made that mistake. So he's right. You know, going through and spending some time with some quality checks, yeah. being able to listen to the calls and see what you're CSRs and what your technicians are doing out there is yeah. important. Dan, offline, we were talking about, actually, we were talking about it in, uh, in your podcast episode where we were talking a lot about communication, right? Communication from a leadership level down. In an election year, when we have these you know seasonal shifts, supposedly, with business fluctuation and everything, how do you go about communicating that up and down the channels of the organization? Obviously, both of you have pretty healthy org charts, you know, in your uh, respective organizations. How have you uh, historically kind of gone about that to make sure everybody's aligned and moving in the same direction? I think first and foremost is is your optimism and what's taking place. Yeah. You know, um, when times do get slow, it is important to be optimistic and to be, and to be proactively thinking on 
what can we do while it's slow? And typically, we can talk about maintenance equipment, cleaning up shop, doing all these different things, spending time with your family and enjoying it, knowing that it's going to pick back up. Yeah. But as far as chain of communication and what you're doing, I think that's really important, especially as your business grows, is as a business owner, when things slow down and you start seeing all the flaws in your business, you just don't want to jump back in and start directing your customer service rep or your technician yep. and going around your management team that you've built. You really have to make sure that you stick with your chain of command. You're empowering your leaders and you know your managers in your company to be able to push what it is you're wanting to get through to your team yeah. and not go around them and decentralized command, right? Exactly. Military. You really got to trust your managers. Yeah. You got to be effective through your managers and, you know, create some games that are fun. Mm -hmm. So it's not so daunting of a task to say yeah. that, oh, we're slow. We need to make every call count or whatever. Make a game out of it, man. Just have yeah. some fun with it and relax and you're going to be fine. Yeah. Right. At the end of the day, yeah, it may be a little bit slow, but you're going to be fine. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. How does marketing play into this? Obviously, we deal with seasonality annually. And it's a little bit compounded in an election year where we see a necessary slow in business. Mm -hmm. And I know a first instinct for a lot of business owners could be to reach for the pocketbook and dial up some sort of marketing. Is that the solution that business owners should be thinking with? I call Kate. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Just call Kate. Yep. Kate does all the things, everything. <laughs> you know, it, it really goes back to not being complacent. It goes back to trusting but verifying. Yeah. You know, if you're working with a marketing company out there and you're not talking to them, yeah. at least sometimes weekly, but at least monthly and staying up to date. A lot of times you can get burned, you know, mm -hmm. you, you can feel like you're getting burned because you're trusting so much when the times are good. And then you start diving in and realizing that your website's inaccurate and that your search words you're going for are inaccurate. And like, I don't even do septic pumping, but I keep getting these <laughs> septic calls, right? So yeah. it's continually having a relationship with somebody that you do trust in the marketing world. And you're not only just trusting them, you're looking at the metrics and you're diving in. And that can be very daunting for a, a master plumber or somebody who's a master HVAC person who just started a company and has yeah. no idea. When they started it, the phone book was the thing, right? It was a lot easier. It's being able to be open-minded with diving into those metrics and knowing what you're looking at. And that takes time and that takes working with the right company that you trust. Yeah. Well, I think you need more, more and more communication, more talk. Yeah. You know, we were out for dinner last night and I was talking with Kate and uh, I think I talked to her maybe once a day, text message probably, right? Yeah. Went back through the, the text message we wrote, just hundreds. Yeah. And we talk every day, every other day. Yep. I've had more conversations with Kate about spending less because we have too many calls yep. lately. There are times when I call Kate and I said, I need to spend more, so bid up, so you need to be busier, right? Yeah. And that's not an instant thing, right? So you got to be looking at your three-day forecast. You got to be looking at your marketing. You have to be talking to everybody constantly, yeah. right? Your managers, your people, and put a smile on your face, totally. especially in the downtime. Yeah. Because if you walk around with a big puss in your face, that's exactly what you're going to get, right? <laughs> what do the CEOs say? If you, you're the reflection yeah. of your people, right? So if you're walking around all pissed off at the world, yeah, people are going to follow that, suit. That people are going to follow suit. And Kate's your marketing manager, correct? Just for our listeners. Yes, Kate yeah. Fitzgerald. And she doesn't accept any new customers. So that's <laughs> for anybody listening, you guys are out. <laughs> yeah, and I really think it comes down to your focus too. You know, having a good marketing strategy and, know, and knowing who you're going after, what's your demographic, what's your geographic. Yeah. All the way really down to what's your psychographic. Like, what do you offer that other people don't offer? Totally. And what makes you different? I think sharing that with your marketing company is important. And dialing in that focus, but also realizing that with the, the world of internet marketing, there's other ways that you still have to balance yourself to mm -hmm. be, not have all your eggs in one basket, so to say, to where 
every door direct mail may still be a thing and it still works pretty well. Door hangers may yeah. still be a thing. still works pretty well. Yeah. So, you know what I used to use? What's up? You ever see those post-it notes that the FedEx would leave? I used to have a, <laughs> a pull-off post-it notes and I'd have the guys just stick them to the windows no. of the cars <laughs> at, the, at, the, at the doors. It would yes, have like a tankless, that's, that's it would have awesome. a tankless water heater offer, $30 or $40 off any call, and then like a drain offer. Something like those. So the three offers on a post-it note. <laughs> <laughs> I, I stole that idea from somebody, but it looks like you received a package. Yeah. And then it's like my so they take my it. post-it, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, even if the customer just tosses it out, you're still branding yeah. yourself. You still have your logo there. You still have your colors. It's all about that. And then when you start diving into social media, it's all about that too. It's all about, yeah. you know, what are we doing to serve? What are we doing to educate? What are yeah. we doing to brand ourselves more so than it is? What are we doing to sell? Yeah. Especially when it talks about social media. So if you're out there listening, you're thinking, what do I do in the downtimes? Well, you have to diversify your marketing a little bit. And, yeah. and you can do that very inexpensively. Totally. Yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, I find really fascinating, actually, obviously as a business owner, you have to toe the line with a lot of different areas of your company, different aspects of your marketing, of business ownership, business leadership, financial. There's so many things that are vying for your time. And often what I find is a decision gets made. I was actually having a conversation with a business owner yesterday, plumbing and uh, HVAC company. And a decision gets made because of the current problem, but then it's not made in the context of the whole of the business. So just to put it as an example, this company hired four new plumbers, but didn't do anything about the lead volume. They hired for the current problem, which was they had too much work, so they needed to deal with the work. But two months later, after they hire these new plumbers, they don't have enough work to satiate all the plumbers and everything. What are some ways that you found to kind of discipline yourself to think with all of those things in mind? Is it a matter of Having somebody like Kate, you know, who's a, a mastermind of, of that to kind of throw those ideas in there. Is it a mastermind group? Is it a leadership group within the organization? What are some ways that you've found success with that? I think it's kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's communicating well with your marketing company mm-hmm. and being able to share that vision of what you're doing is important. The cool thing is, is you took action and you hired the technicians, but in return, you need to be planning on what does a new marketing budget look like and being proactive in that realm. Mastermind groups are great because yeah. you can be around other home service business owners who can share their experiences with you and help encourage you. And a lot of times that goes a long ways, especially in in the planning phase. Yeah. I was talking with PMG, Paul Michael Gordon today. Yeah. And, you know, I spend about five to 10 minutes every morning just meditating, right? Yeah. And so I know that I've just hired a new drain tech in my company. And so I relay information to Kate about that. I need to create a new budget for the drain department. Mm -hmm. I need to create more calls for the drain department. If you're not asking yourself in the morning, if I do this, what happens next? And if you're working inside of a vacuum, right? Yeah. You're never going to get the answer because you're just talking to yourself. Yeah. But if I roll the question off of you, a peer, you know, all the meetings that you could have with uh, mastermind groups. If you're an owner that isn't in a mastermind group asking questions, Hey, guess what? I just hired four new technicians. And somebody in the group goes, Hey, dummy, did you uh, advertise a little bit heavier? Because you're going to feel the deficit in a couple of months. Yeah. You know, there's one of those aha moments. Yeah. I would like to kind of dive in what Tim said a minute ago about uh, meditation. Can you explain more what your routine is, Tim? Because I think a lot of people listening out there don't realize that this is really a, a great thing to do. One of my good friends during the last downstroke of business, 2008, 2009, I said, what do you do to keep your mind straight? He says, look to me right in the eye. He goes, I meditate every single day. Yep. And I've talked to this about with a bunch of my other friends and it's guided. 
Yeah. Right. What you want to bring into your life. What you're thinking about is what you're going to bring into your life. So I started to get very, very focused on taking my time for 15 minutes just to make sure my day was going to work out well so yep. that other people's day could work out well. And so for anyone that's feeling like, you know, meditation is weird or whatever makes you feel uncomfortable, oh, that's when you're going to grow. So I'd do it. Awesome. Well, guys, this has been really, really helpful, I think, for a lot of business owners, especially moving into this election year. Where can people find out more about your respective businesses? Dan, I know you have your new thing and, and Tim for Winters. Where can people find out more about you? Mine's very simple. I mean, I'm at tim.flynn at wintersplumbing.com. If you want to drop me an email, ask a question. My website is wintershomeservices.com. Yeah. Yeah, mine's simple too. Dan at builtforthetrades.com and then builtforthetrades.com is is my coaching and mastermind website. You guys Congratulations are it, on that, Danny. Really yeah. good job. Thank you, Tom. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you. You guys are making it too easy to contact you. So <laughs> lots of emails coming your way. Tweet me. Anyways, thank you guys so much for jumping in the booth. Really appreciate your time. All right, thank you. Awesome. And for everybody listening here, definitely uh, hit that subscribe button wherever you might be listening at so you can get more of this awesome content. And from all of us here at The Sharps Tool, we'll catch you next time. Thanks. 